Hello and welcome back to the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. This is the show where we usually talk about all things transportation, but instead, well, we're talking about how the virus is affecting transportation and our world and our lives, and we are back at it. I am very excited to say that we are back after a couple of months off because of, uh, well, the virus situation. I am the traffic anchor for Denver 7 News, Jason Luber, and with me today via super secret internet hookup or phone line or something like that is the one the only nicole brady nicole so yes! where are you how are what? you doing what? what's going on what are we doing two months it's been oh my gosh i am in my car right now actually jason driving all right and how are the so roads? safely using uh a hands-free device here. I am seeing, you know, they've been good. I, I've actually, I've been surprised really throughout this how much traffic I still see um, at, at our time of day, especially. But I know it's nothing like what it would be if, if things were normal. No, 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 no. Of course. Uh, I, I expected them to be even more empty, though, I guess. I have uh, some quantitative, quantitative, quanta, quanta, uh, some data. Uh, that we could talk about in a little bit, all about how much less traffic there is uh, during this whole thing from before and after and and during. So it has obviously been a lot lighter out on the roads. And otherwise, how have you been dealing with the whole quarantine deal? Oh, my gosh. Up and down, like everyone, I'm sure. You've got the days when when you think, okay, okay, I can do this. Things are going to get back to normal eventually. And life is good still. And I'm grateful for what I have. And then I have the days where I just want to crawl back into bed and not face another day yeah. of this world. So, right. yeah. <laughs> so quite a range there. That is quite the range. Uh, yeah. I think a lot of us feel that similar way. Uh, but so much has changed since the last episode that I recorded at the end of March. I was sent home for a day, and then I came back to the studio for a week, and then I was sent back home again. Uh, but yeah. you, you have been basically on the road the entire time. Yeah, I mean, our life as reporters is already somewhat remote. Um, so it, so in some ways, not much has changed about how I do my daily job. It's a, a, the, the workflow's a little different, but basically I still get up and go out to a live shot every morning. And then the only difference is we're pretty much banned from the building. (laughs) So after the morning newscast, I can't come back to the building, except I have been sneaking in to use the restroom sometimes, because where else am I supposed to use the restroom, right? Right. Well, you know, when I I was doing Starbucks that I can go in now or... So, um, so when I'm not near enough to my home on a live shot, I'll, I'll, I'll usually try to go back to the station. Otherwise, if I'm closer to home, I'll go back home and then work from home a little bit. Um, and, you know, and then sometimes we have a live shot for the 11. Sometimes we don't. So, so a lot of the work is, has been similar. Um, but, but I will say I have been doing a lot of work just in my car because I cannot stand to, to work at home with the kids there and all, and all that activity going on around me it's just it that 
I don't know how anyone is getting work done that way. Yeah, no, that's really hard. I have to go to my car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. It's because we've been doing that same thing with our kids, doing the online learning. As soon as I get out of my basement uh, doing the morning show, then the girls are usually getting up at about that time. So then they can uh, have their breakfast and then start doing their schoolwork. But obviously that's ending now as school is basically yes. over after today. Thank God. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> You haven't had I to... can't do it again. I really, I, I don't know how, how I'm going to last if we have to keep doing remote learning next, um, next school year. Uh, they're talking, you know, that was my story today. They're talking about having plans to reopen the buildings but still have some remote learning. And I have decided, Jason, and I'm very serious here, I'm going to become one of those radical non-school parents. Have you ever seen these, these oh, sure. people? Oh, sure, Free range, let the kids learn from nature basically <laughs> that's the direction i'm going next year <laughs> so you're just going to let your kids wander the neighborhood right i learn uh learn about life just figure it just out like on your that. own yeah. get figure out. It out and maybe when you know when this is behind us in two years they can go back to normal school or something so. we'll keep your room and we'll keep your bed all nice and cozy for you but until then get out yeah yeah, exactly. I, I, well, yeah, and I can't. I I can't take it uh, anymore with having all of the computers together. My husband gets the office basically. He has an office. He can work from home in that all day. But I have to work amongst the children. So, so I don't know how I got the end of that deal. I mean, it, I I guess it kind of makes sense. I mean, someone kind of has to watch them a little bit, and so I don't. Uh, and, I, and I've already done half of my work for the day, you know, by 7 a.m., so. And presumably, so, you are the more responsible adult in your family. Presumably, yes. <laughs> I, and I'm the only one who really cares enough about getting some of that remote learning done. I mean, he, again, it's over now, but my husband at the beginning of it was just, just said, nah, we're not going to do this. It doesn't matter. They're in first in kindergarten. Uh, who cares? <laughs> And I said, well, I we can't just opt out. Like, that's not allowed. We have to do some of it, at least. And and the teachers are emailing and asking, where's this assignment? And and so, you know, it, it falls on parents to get even even for the littler kids that, yeah, we know it, it's they'll probably be OK. Um, a kindergartner will probably catch up. But um, but, yeah, we had to do some of it still. We couldn't just just completely opt out. So. So there we were, and and yeah, and it was all on me to do a lot of it. Um, but he, you know, he he's been taking care of what he can uh, throughout the day as well. So all of us are kind of sharing those responsibilities at home right now. I assume I, being a single parent, I have no idea how they're doing it. I mean, so many people have it so much worse, right? And harder, I get, and and those who still have to go to work every day and take their kids to some kind of daycare or leave them with a family member if they can. I mean, I, I really just don't even know how it's working out for all of those people. So, And, and that's what's going to compound the whole situation in the fall. Uh, if Because there are a lot of parents that are obviously two parent households that need to work right. and they have to get out of the house and they need the kids to go to a school or before school, after school care. And that's what they need to survive. And if they don't have it, yeah. they're going to be in a bad way. So it's going to be yeah. interesting to see how that plays out in the fall. You haven't had to go back and do any studio 
work yet, have you, like anchor in the studio during no. the time, right? No, and I don't know what's going to happen if there's uh, if that if there's vacations this summer. I mean, who's going on vacation, right? But right. I, but I think some of some of us are planning to take a little time off here and there, and and so I don't know if there will be times when I'm expected to be back in the studio or not, or if they'll try to keep it limited to just the people who've been there. I mean, they're really being very uh, cautious. Our station ha- has been very cautious about who is supposed to be coming to the building and. Um, and, and really limiting the number of people. And I, you know, I saw our general manager yesterday and he's thinking it's going to be a year before we're back uh, to any kind of normal. That's crazy. That, Isn't that's it? the first time I've heard that because I, I've been hearing Is that, that... I'm breaking news. Yes, there. that so is I breaking just, news. I, so I had gone to the station to, as I said, use the restroom yesterday. Then I got back in my car. Uh, I was doing a little work and, and then Brian Sanders, our anchor came out. So I chatted with him in the parking lot and then Dean, our general manager showed up and I chatted with him a little. (laughs) So, so I had, that was the first socializing I've done at work with anyone except the photographer that I'm with in the morning. I mean, that's the first time I've seen anyone else from the station in months. That is, um, uh, but that is interesting so, news. But uh, he did say, he said a year probably be, and, and mostly because it's worked out okay to do it this way. But I don't think he wants all the studio people to be out for a year. I think he's talking no, maybe I salespeople mean, would, and maybe some of yes, the. Uh, we talked specifically about sales. He said specifically, there's really no reason that reporters and photographers need to be coming back to the newsroom. We're all so remote anyway. Um, he, he said, you know, we, we talked about Lisa's weather shot in the morning. It looks nice, you know, in her backyard and you there's, so you could imagine that actually is something we might want to keep. Really? <laughs> I'm sure. Well, he, he, yeah. I, I, I so this is all news to you. I'm, I'm, oh, yes, no, this is all breaking say, news right to me. I, don't know if I should say this all in a public podcast. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing. See, I'm, I'm working but, in my basement with just the stuff that I've put together. It's, it's, this yeah. is me working off of a cell phone and in my basement. Lisa has a husband who does this for a living where he sets up right. cameras and sets up live shots and has the remote capabilities and has a, uh, the, the wireless microphones oh. and he has, he, he has all that equipment to set up remote broadcasts. And they have multiple cameras. They have lights. They have all these cool things. The signal with very little to no delay. I have a selfie stick and an iPhone. Uh, it's been, <laughs> it's been a process to create this home setup that I have and put it all together over a weekend is what I was tasked with all by myself. Meanwhile, everybody else has you know married to these these photographers, former news photographers who have all this stuff. I'm sorry you're not married to Zoomy. Yeah, uh, no, I'm glad I'm not married I'm, to Zoomy. <laughs> I have missed your rant, though, Jason. This is so. This is music to my ears oh, to hear you, <laughs> hear you fired up again. Oh. Uh, it's been way too long. It so, has been. Uh, yeah, you're right, though. I'll, a lot of us don't have nearly the the capabilities to do something from our homes that looks anything close uh, to what Lisa and Anne Trujillo have. Anne Trujillo's husband, of course, also a photographer, and. <laughs> And has and all the same and equipment and all and that stuff because equipment. yeah, because yeah. he's set up for that. Yeah. So no, I don't have anything. I I think that it's possible that myself and Micah in the morning we may be the only reporters without setups. And there might be a few others day side, but my understanding is that a lot of the reporters were given some stuff to set up somewhat of a remote 
you know, something where they could do a live shot from their homes. But because our shift is so different than the normal daytime shift, uh, they just kind of never, never approached us with that. So Yeah, I, I was eventually given after about a month and a half a light uh, that has helped out. Um, but that's it. That's the, really the only assistance that I've had through this entire process. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, to me, I just, I think I never complained because for, if, if I had to be in my house all the time right now, I would, I would go crazy. My only, I like getting out and going and at least seeing the photographer in the morning and getting outside and now that it's nice outside too, it's just it's it's actually really nice to still go out in the mornings, and that is my sense of normalcy still in this whole situation. Uh, and if I didn't have that, uh, I think I would be worse off even. So so I'm I'm kind of glad to do it this way and still still go out, still be live in the mornings. I think we also provide the viewers maybe a sense of normalcy too. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I I feel like it's even seeing the anchors that are still in the studio. I think you should be back in the studio soon. I do I too. Mean, I think because yeah. the anchors, because they had Brian uh, on remote for about a week, but it, it was tough for him and Molly to have any kind of chemistry because you are so split oh, yeah. and the delay, and it's easier to be in the same room. And I think it's going to be right. the same for all. I mean, when all of us get into the same room, it's a lot easier to to interact with each other. But for me. They, they, there's a lot of talk about me because I've been now done at seven o'clock and the streaming broadcast that continues till nine. Those folks have been without me for the last two months and they are saying, hey, when, when are we going to get him back? Because we could use his content and we could use his what basically I take up a lot of time uh, and they yeah. don't want to produce more than they have to. So, so because I take up that time that they would normally have to produce other things. Uh, and obviously I give, I think, some pretty decent and uh, award-winning information at, at, at times. Um, yeah. and, and I can't I can't really work the extra two hours uh, for the streaming broadcast from here because there's so much to do with it, even more than the regular broadcast. So it would make sense for me to be back at the studio. And uh, my guess was, because there's already been a little chatter on email about it, maybe coming back the week of June 1st, but I have not heard anything definite Ooh. about that yet. Yeah, I, I mean, it's making sense. The tra And I, I'm really excited, actually, to get into your traffic data because I've been curious about how different it's been. Uh, but, but I think as traffic picks up a little more again, uh, you you need to be watching that more closely and with all your full capabilities. And I think, like you said, it just gives you the chance to interact more with with the anchors and gets us back to again that that more normal look of things. So, exactly. And and before we get so, into yeah. some of that traffic data, I, th this is two months as we as we, as, as we mentioned uh, be after the last episode. And and it's interesting because as I was working on this episode uh, before uh, uh, you know the last couple of days. Uh, before I was sent home, I was working on what was going to be this episode, number 165. But, okay. Uh, okay, so I had some notes, and I, and I want to go through some of my notes from that time oh, two God. months ago of what I was prepared to say with you if we were going to do the original 165th yes. episode two months ago. So I, I, this is, these, these are some of my notes. I think I said, I, I said or was going to say, I think schools are done for the year. Yeah, check. That, that, that came out to be a prophecy right there. I said, I think the panic grocery shopping will also stop. It did for the most part. 
Um, mm-hmm. it, it did take a little while longer to see stuff in the stores than I thought it would. Um, because really, we are a delivery economy that's based on get it to the stores just in time it's needed more than have it hanging around just so we can just refill easily. That's just not the way right. that, that's the way our economy is right now. And our, our supply chain is it, 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 we talk too much about supply chain. Um, there's very little inventory. And I, I do think, though, that that will be a change going forward so we don't go through this whole toilet paper shortage again. Yeah, interesting. I also said in my notes that the closing of restaurants have ha- has exacerbated the grocery shortage problem and in many ways wrecked farmers and, and wasted lots of food that would have gone to restaurants. That has also and come to fruition. That's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I said that no we... No Stradamus here. Yeah, well, wow. <laughs> yeah these, these are my core trains. Uh, we could see some... I said we could see some more travel restrictions internationally and even within the country. I was thinking that the hot spots like New York City, Seattle, San Francisco might be some of the travel restrictions, but basically it's happened uh, where nobody wants to fly because they're all freaked out. So it's instead of restricting travel to certain places... Uh, it, nobody wants to fly, so all the airlines basically shut down. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I, you know, next door neighbor's a pilot uh, for Southwest Airlines, and so that's what we talk about every time I, I see him. Is uh, just the uh, status of how many people are on any one of his flights nowadays. You know, he's right. had completely empty, completely no cargo, no people, nothing. Um, but some people are flying. Yeah, some right? people are flying. That's right. Yeah. And actually, okay. yeah, um, there was a story I wanted to talk about later about how one uh, Harvard professor thinks that it's actually a lot safer than you think to get on an airplane right now. So we, we should have Ooh, that story coming up in just a little bit. I also said in my notes from two months ago that I was concerned about sports and when they might come back. And I said, is football in jeopardy? Not sure, but it wouldn't surprise me. I want to know if they're going to be opening community pools. Well, we and I said at the time, we have two months until they're supposed to open. Who's going to want to go to Disney World when it's jam-packed, shoulder-to-shoulder, full of people? We'll just have to adjust and adapt and overcome, but it will take some time. Again, all of those things have basically come to fruition. Yes, you were right. Amazing. What else? Okay, so what else? You know, we need to get your predictions today. Of what's going to happen? Now. Uh, I, I, I I know I, I should come up with some notes about what I, I think schools are going to be a big issue. There's going to be probably a mix of remote learning and in-person learning and not just having kids at the school, but maybe having kids at the school. So one day your kid goes to what regular schoolers are supposed to go to. And then the next day they go to the local public library and do some of their learning there. And the next day they do home learning. And then the next day, they're at uh, school again. So you have a rotational uh, mix of where your kids are supposed to go, how they're supposed to get to these places on the buses and how that all is going to work. No clue. Um, but you got to think that the buses are already overpacked. They Yeah, no, the, the CDC guidelines said every other seat. So exactly. How are you going to do something like or leave every other seat empty? You know, so you're going to so. have to run extra buses. So that's going to cost the district extra money. They don't have the We're number of drivers that, that are needed. And this is not just here in Metro Denver. This is anywhere around the country. We're talking about that. I mean, same kind of issues. We're back in January and February as, as we're going to see it coming up this fall. And I don't know how they're going to deal with it. Um, 
most of the people that are working from home have had the ability to log on from their home and, and work for a long time. And, and after we get out of this lockdown, I, I think people will start going back to work. But how many will stay home instead of asking I think the businesses will be doing this instead of asking, is there a reason to do this meeting online? We'll be asking, is there a reason to do this meeting in person? Right. It, right. It used to be the other way around. It, you know, can we do this online? Are, are we willing to pay for zoom? Are we willing to pay for uh, the Google hangouts or, or whatever system that these businesses wanted to, to do? And so instead of then uh, trying to figure out, uh, well, we all have to meet here. Now, now everybody's going to have to meet online. So that means the catering businesses that usually supply coffee and supplied uh, donuts and and all the other stuff. That, I mean, there's a ripple effect to all these different things that we used to do that now are going to be completely changed moving forward. Yep, I I agree. <laughs> yeah, but the problem with working from home, and, and you and I discussed that a bit. It, it, it's so much different than at the office. The, the urge to get up when you are home. You, you, you're easily interrupted by your family. The, there's there's the draw by the refrigerator every single moment just to go up and snack, get another you know a, a water or a, a tea or a coffee or whatever right there from the kitchen. Those interruptions from kids change. And obviously now that they're not in school, you're not having to help them with math as I've been helping with my girls uh, with math. But when when the school is out, you're still going to be interrupted with the kids. Yesterday, I was trying to get some work done, and Jolene says, "Daddy, I need some help with this and this and this." And because they see you, you they you can't just keep saying, "Well, look, don't bother me, don't bother me, don't bother me. I'm working." Th- yeah, that, that, that it gets a little old for the kids. I was talking about that with uh, with Brian Sanders as well. That whole you tell him I'm working. Two seconds later, mom. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> doesn't really click with that <laughs> what that means at, 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 at the younger ages especially I I did talk to one uh, friend of mine with teenagers who was very uh, was not happy about school ending she felt at least this gave her kids something they had to do every day for a while and now she's actually really worried about summer uh, for, for her two 16 year olds so that's um, I, that gave me some different perspective on different what different challenges different families have different ages, because yeah, for me it would you know it, for us with younger kids you've had to help them a lot, but with the older kids at least they were able to go to their rooms and do something you know they had to get their work done, um, but now I mean teenagers do they do they work this summer? Where are they, where, where are they going to work? They the pools are closed, the yeah. rec centers closed, the restaurants are closed, and. You know, and there and a lot of parents, I'm sure, don't want their kids going and working in some of these places that are are hiring. So. So, yeah, teenagers, I think, uh, might not be the summer to to make. Uh, yeah, I will say I, I might I might be hiring some for babysitting because because I haven't <laughs> I've been away from my kids. for. We have not had one night of a break, and I think we're ready for maybe just a, a babysitter. But where are you going to go? You're just going to sit in your car and order takeout and then. <laughs> I'm just gonna exactly. I don't care. They they (laughs) take the kids into the basement and watch them for all I care. (laughs) 
perfect. But, you know, as I was thinking about it, isn't this the world that we were promised? The world of the future where people would yeah. work rem- from remote locations and, r- and rarely go to an office and not drive uh, to an office and keep their car in the garage all the time. And, and when, when all of this is is really over yeah, how many so more of us will be still working from home how will they affect the uh, the economy um we, we, we really would you take a quarter or half of all the cars off the roads the auto repair shops the gas stations the coffee shops all the businesses and jobs including mine that are based on people driving to and from work what, what about that little sandwich cart or coffee cart in the office building that person, are, are they ever going to come back and, and, and provide that service? Without those workers right. in that building, those little businesses don't exist anymore. They, it, 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 if, if they don't make your yeah. sandwich because you're at home making your own sandwich, then they don't have that cart. It's, it's, a, it's an urbanist dream, actually, having everyone live in tall buildings where no one is driving and we all work from our homes or from a, a, from a spot in our right. office building. It, it's not my dream, but depending on, on how we come out of all of this, there will obviously be long-term economic consequences based on all of this. And I was also thinking about the toll roads. How many fewer yeah. people are, are driving on the toll roads? The toll road revenue is going to be down. I should check in with our local toll road authority, E470, and see how yeah, the revenue idea. is is decreased because there are fewer people on the road and how that affects their repayment of the bonds and they just went through a big expansion of their road to widen it because traffic was getting busier and busier on that road all the time yeah no i mean that's a great point and a lot of the you know so much of the discussion that we've had over the last several years with the roads in colorado has been about the the massive need to spend billions to to fix them uh but and, and you know that construction's happening right now with fewer cars on the road some of it but will there be a need to make some of these adjustments to the roads if not as many people will be driving on them so i was talking earlier with you about how when this all started, it was just supposed to be essential personnel driving around and traffic around yes. the country was very light. And, and in this is a, a company that controls and, and really if, if figures out uh, traffic flow. It, it, that's what they basically do is they figure out traffic flow and, and they send that data out to Google maps and, and to other places. So that's why you see the red and the yellow and the green uh, on, on those traffic maps. Well, road traffic was down by about 30%. At the start of the stay-at-home order, and it was down up to 70% in some parts of the country. Around Denver, it was down around 55 to 60% at the peak, and total traffic volume dropped nationally. It started really on that Friday, March 13th. Is that any coincidence on a Friday the 13th? Oh, wow. Yeah, no, that's a good I, – I didn't even think about that. Kind of creepy, huh? Yeah. Long haul traffic has remained flat because the national supply chain is still holding up and and deliveries of freight still need to be made. And a lot of folks are getting now stuff delivered and still deliveries have to be made. Uh, Local, though, local area commercial vehicle traffic, those those delivery trucks, the smaller delivery trucks, that is way down, obviously, as a result of fewer businesses being open and you can't get a delivery when your business is closed and you don't have any customers so those little those little delivery trucks are not driving around right now but i do imagine traffic will stay decreased over the next several weeks here as we're getting closer and closer to june it should start picking up i would think june 1st 
at least here in Denver, it's already picking up in other parts of the country, in Florida and Georgia, where uh, they're already starting to open up. And when as more restrictions are lifted, obviously, traffic will start picking up. But it'll be interesting to see how traffic patterns are going to change in the summer and fall, especially if the remote learning continues. Because because the, the, the traffic patterns, not, not just here, but really any major city in the country, it really depends on how many people are going to or from school. School is a huge, huge oh, yeah. influencer to traffic and traffic patterns. And when people okay. leave for work, when people have to drop off their kids at a daycare, at school, the buses going around, it is really a huge impact to all kinds of traffic. And so that'll be interesting to see how that changes. Yeah, that's, well, that's that's fascinating. I mean, people don't tend to go to school that far from their homes. I had no idea that it was such an influencer, like you said. Yeah, it, it really is. And it's it's going to change the way I do my job, for sure. It already has. And, and speaking of that, there were actually a few traffic reporters at the very start of this whole thing who have lost, already lost their jobs, either were put on a furlough, just put on the side, and now some are being brought back. Obviously, I was, there was some talk about even me not doing any traffic reports and just doing other things. I did work on other news stories while doing traffic reports in the morning, but I, because I argued that I think it's still worth it to have that information, one, for the essential workers that are out there, and two, to keep the normalcy of the morning show intact rather than try to break it up and then it just feels disjointed when it when it all starts getting back to some sort of normalcy. Yeah, I, I, I see that. I, I, it looks like, am I wrong, all of the Denver traffic reporters and traffic anchors are still on the air, aren't they? Yeah, they are. There was a time where some of them were off and not even doing any reports. Um, Sam over there at Fox was bouncing around doing other different things, not doing stuff for a while and then doing other reports. And now she's back doing traffic. And uh, Ken, the same thing over Channel 2. He wasn't really doing any traffic stuff, but he was still on the air doing other things. And uh, Channel 4 really doesn't seem to care very much about the whole thing, nor does Channel 9, apparently, because they just, uh, you know, when they got rid of Amelia and put her on that sales show um they've had some of their weather people just doing the traffic they do have a open job position for a traffic person over at uh, channel nine but th- that oh, has, really that has not been filled as far as i know and they have uh yeah they, they, it doesn't seem like they really care well interesting yeah i yeah i I think you're right that it's still good to get some of that information out there. And you could have saved me some trouble yesterday. I got on C470 and they had closed Santa Fe. See, right there. I I had to go around. It took like 10 extra minutes to get to my live shot. (laughs) See, you should use me. There are other people that uh, do use me as their own personal traffic reporter. So speaking of that, actually, there was a um, longtime Indianapolis morning traffic reporter her name is Mimi Pierce, and she was actually let go from Channel 13 from WTHR-TV as part of an, all right, air quotes, strategic change in the way the station wants to cover traffic going forward. So neither Mimi, who had been at the station for 18 years, or the TV station disclosed whether she was fired or resigned, but we all know when you were let go and, and you really don't want to be let go, what really happened? 
But uh, she said on her Twitter account that uh, they have made changes to their traffic operations, and as a result, uh, there was a uh, it, she's she's already off the air. The Indianapolis Business Journal reached out for a comment. She never replied back to them. Mimi says that she would continue to do t- radio traffic reports for a local country radio station, which she has done for 34 years. And and the story is is disturbing to me on a on a couple of levels. And I hope it's really not a sign of things to come. So WTHR said that going forward, Mimi will not be replaced. So they're not going to have a new traffic person on their morning show. They're no longer going to have any dedicated person covering traffic. They said, quote, the traditional traffic reporter will not exist in this new model. That's from WTHR general manager and president Michael Broder. And he told the Indianapolis Business Journal uh, saying that the role will be shared among weather a social reporter, and, if warranted, an anchor. It all depends on the story of traffic on that particular day. The GM said that the morning traffic reports will take a more social, interactive presentation interwoven into a broader conversation of the day's events. What the heck does that mean? I, I don't know. I mean, you can't. How would you do that? You can't predict what the traffic is going to be for a given day. Of course if there's not. So how, without someone constantly monitoring these things, how would you possibly know? I mean, does, does he think that? I mean, does someone is still? Does he think that someone's just going to use Twitter or other social media to send out the updates? I mean, does he realize that someone, a person, actually needs to send out that information? And, and nobody knows better than I do how much time it actually takes to send just just the Twitter feed that I do in the morning show takes up a lot of time. And then you're also preparing your other stuff. I mean, Jason, you could probably make an argument that if if anything, you could, you would still need a full-time traffic person in the morning just sending out those updates and alerts. And even if their on-air hits were reduced, if you didn't appear on-air quite as much, if there wasn't a serious accident or issue... Uh, you still would need to send the the updates that people are used to getting and that people rely on, and and those require, you know, full time attention on their own. Yeah, the the GM just doesn't understand that this that this someone has to gather that information and then present it out there to the public in whatever form that he wants, and that the gathering has to be done by probably a producer now something that the producer doesn't want to do, something that has been now added to their job, and I'm sure without any additional pay, and that's going to be a huge bug in the producer's uh, craw in a major way. I, be, being a TV producer for a daily newscast, it's it's a pretty tough job. They don't, they don't get anything, it, it, no. really any credit for the amount of work they do. They don't need anything more dumped on them that they already have to do now extra graphics and extra writing, and there's a lot of stuff that has been poured onto them just because of consolidation in a news department. And then now that producer has to figure out a way to relay that information to a weather anchor or the news anchor. And then that news anchor or weather anchor has to then relay that information onto the uh, onto the public over the air. And someone has to manipulate the traffic map or set up the cameras to get that on air. It's not an ideal situation to have someone like the weather person to do two separate and distinct jobs. I mean, from experience, that person will not pay attention to whatever is going on on the road in a timely manner, and it will be the viewer who will be suffering because they will not get that information. And, and yes, the average person can guess get that info from their phone or from Waze, but sometimes 
There needs to be context to the information someone is seeing on their phone. And it's not going to come from the weather anchor or the news anchor or anyone else except by someone who does traffic for a living. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. It's, you know, and the, the, the problem is at some point we'll, I don't know. I don't like to speculate too much on, on where our industry is going uh, because this could change a lot of things for TV stations, but um, but I mean, you know, we imagine at some point things will be busy again out there. Oh yeah, People no, are... most definitely. Um, so so I just I I don't know I don't see the point in making some of these decisions right now necessarily. I understand that stations that are cutting budgets are probably looking at traffic as something they don't need as much right now. Um, but it's it's unfortunate because it's certainly something that will remain an issue into the future. I think I can explain the move, actually, by explaining who now owns WTHR in Indianapolis. Last June, the station was sold by longtime owner Dispatch Broadcast Group to Tegna. Yay, Tegna. A dispatch group was a family-owned station. Tegna is not and is always trying to do things what they think are, are hip and cool. And, and, and make TV news more like Facebook or Instagram or TikTok. And I, I understand having to change into Adopt, but having Tegna as your now parent company, they have destroyed many other newsrooms in the country with dramatic changes that are so far out of a more traditional newscast. And, it, and once they do that, they try to come back. It, it's failed in markets like Tampa. They have our 6 o'clock newscast with Kyle Clark that's obviously a much different news style. He, he tends to be a lot more opinionated with his news broadcast. And, and, I mean, here's what people want from news. See if you agree with me, Nicole. Okay. They, want, they, they want to know that the world is still standing. They, they want to have the latest information just presented in a friendly, conversational, condensed way by people they would want to hang out with and people that they trust so they don't feel dumb when someone asks them at, at work or at home or when they're out and about, what's going on? It really isn't that hard. It, it, it also includes traffic information, especially when it comes to large-scale traffic events or weather-related events. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what is the anchor, the weather anchor going to do when a storm is happening and then traffic is terrible because the weather is is causing traffic to be terrible. If you spend half of your time on two different tasks, you're going to get half as good of a product. I'm always telling my girls, whatever you focus on grows. And it doesn't matter if it's your schoolwork or watching TV or, or, your, or their baton twirling. Whatever you focus on will grow. And now that WTHR is not focused on traffic at all and treating it as a throwaway, the viewer is going to see that as well. And I think that the traffic interested viewers are going to look for another tv station to get that information and i i could recommend our tv6 there in indianapolis as a, as a way to get your best and, and latest traffic updates from people that you know and trust nice Th that happens to be a script zone station as we are. <laughs> <laughs> well you know I, I don't think they're also thinking about the winter, like you said. And, uh, and right now, it's, it's certainly the time of year when weather does not impede traffic. But that will change, obviously. Uh, we'll, we'll spend a good six months of our year talking just about that. Yeah, so. probably. Uh, there's one other story I wanted to talk about before we have to go. Uh, there is a professor from Harvard who says in an op-ed piece that was in the Washington Post, 
that traveling by air might not be as dangerous virus-wise as you might think. His name is Joseph Allen. He's the assistant professor of exposure assessment science. That's pretty interesting. you got to th- figure that he's a pretty smart guy to be the professor of, of exposure assessment science at Harvard. Yes. Did he- that job exist? before this wow well i don't know that's a good that's a good question or if it just popped up or or it's been there for a while but he says that despite what you might think you don't get sick on airplanes any more than than anywhere else in the world he says airlines have for many years worked to keep passengers safe from diseases while they are traveling saying the ventilating system requirements for all airplanes they meet the levels recommended by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention for use with COVID-19 patients in airborne infection isolation rooms. Professor Allen also points to a study about a person suffering from tuberculosis who took a flight with 169 other passengers, and according to the study, the median risk of infection to the other passengers on that airplane was between 1 in 10,000 up to 1 in a million. Wow. So wearing a mask, as, as many of the airlines require now, will continue to reduce the, the incidence of infection, he says. And, and so flying on an airplane really isn't that bad. Well, that's a relief. <laughs> <laughs> but, someone else who comment, I... yeah, but someone else who commented on the article pushed back okay. on Professor Allen's statement, saying that air travel doesn't make it any more likely that you're going to contract the, uh, that you're going to get the infection. Uh, Ethan Weiss He's a San Francisco-based cardiologist. He was in New York volunteering at a hospital there to care for patients infected with coronavirus. And he was headed back to San Francisco after his stint in New York. And when he boarded the packed flight, he said there was no social distancing. The middle seats were not uh, open as they are supposed to be to provide the social distance. He said, quote, I'm more scared of getting on the airplane on a Saturday than I am walking into a hospital. That seems a little drastic. I'm sorry. So what was his expertise on it then? The uh, doctor, uh, yes. I didn't realize that. But but did he did he have some other statistics to refute the study? No, he, he just that, used his own okay. personal uh, feelings well, about how okay. he doesn't think that an airplane is that actually safe and that he that's thought that point. it was a lot safer to go into a hospital. Well, I – wow, I, uh, I'm, uh, I'm surprised uh, that – that he would say that i don't know i mean you have to you have to have something to to go on well, i know I'm, because I'm, they exchange I'm the air in those go with the statistics yeah you you should ask this you should talk to the pilot from southwest about this next time you talk to him because they exchange the air in the cabin about 10 to 12 times every hour in 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 hospital in in in, in a hospital room it is i think less than that um, so they're really changing, and they have these filters, the HEPA filters, the, the ones that are recommended by the CDC, which captures about 99% of all the airborne particles, including viruses, because you can get special filters for all of that stuff. I have one in my furnace now. Um, but th- they actually recycle the air and recapture the air and clean the air a lot more frequently on the airplanes than they actually do in some of those hospital rooms. So if you wear a mask and you're washing your hands – and you're and you're trying to at least maintaining social distance as much as you can, then uh, you should be fine. And actually, here's what what Professor Allen would like to see airports do. Okay. He would like to require masks in the airport by everybody who's either flying or working there. Make bathrooms touchless. Yeah, I think they're pretty much there already for the most part, except when you're touching your clothes yeah. or your, yourself when you're when you're cleaning up. Uh, increase ventilation rates. 
consider deploying upper room germicidal UV fixtures in areas with high occupancy density. So those, uh, I, what are they? UVC lights that can kill the oh, virus, okay, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I know they're not good for your skin, um, but I know they're also not good for viruses too. Uh, also, institute temperature screening. I, I had to go through one of those when I was going to the doctor the other day to get my uh, to get my knee looked at. Uh, deploy hand sanitizer stations. Require passengers to stay in one designated area once they check in. And when they get to the gate, they will hang out there only instead of wandering around that part of the concourse, uh, just hang around the gate that they depart from. Professor Allen also has these tips for the airlines. Ensure gate-based ventilation is operating during the boarding and the disembarking process. Have a plan for loading the airplane in a safe way. Requiring masks for everybody and providing meals and bottled water during the boarding and discontinue any in-flight meals or drink service, which is interesting. Well, there's not too much to that anyway, so that would be a, a big one. Yeah, but... it's not like when you used to fly on Delta or Mexicana. It was funny. I was yeah. in the in the garage the other day, and I was cleaning something out, and I and I found these uh, these utensils, these actual metal utensils from uh, a flight I took on Mexicana Airlines. Uh, they, they, yeah, they are real metal utensils, a knife, a fork or spoon, the whole thing. Uh, oh. you would never see that. I think it had to be 20 years old, but you'd never see that on any flight now. Oh, hey. Um, no, that's, uh, that is fascinating. I, uh, I, I'm, how did you get those, those utensils, Jason? You, uh, you just kept. Well, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm not, I don't know if I, I, I could admit that on, on this public broadcast all right well, <laughs> well that's, you know, let's I, just say they became into my possession <laughs> i feel better about that i know some people who are planning to fly in the near future and i might you know my my neighbor the pilot has not been sick obviously he's been flying um I, that's just one one person but uh, he he was a little more nervous I know. I know he did go get tested once uh, for for COVID nineteen and was out of an abundance of caution. But he uh, he has not been sick at all. And hope you know. I don't. I don't. What I really wish we knew more is where most people are getting sick. And I feel like we are getting some data that it is happening a lot in obviously resident uh, senior homes, residences involving the the workers and the patients there. Uh, we know a large number of cases are in those places. We also have seen that people who work in stores, sadly, are high risk and food processing facilities and any of these places that where you're just there all day long. Yeah, there were other several other stories I wanted to get to, but we don't have time for it right now. Maybe we should hold well, them for next week. One. Yeah, let's hold let's hold it for next week. Uh, one is uh, about how people are now very leery about using any public transportation. That's obviously understandable because even before all of this, yeah. there was always the jokes about how bad and how dirty bus seats and trains and subways are. Uh, and so there are fewer. Uh, people now riding public transit. And there's also an interesting story about how there are fewer organs available for transplant since the rate Ooh. of traffic fatalities wow. is down. Fewer people are That's driving, fewer people are crashing, and therefore there are fewer people that are going to be donating their organs. But there are also more people 
driving drunk right now. And I think there uh, is less traffic, and so there's more people uh, or more enforcement that is able to catch some of the drunk drivers. So, oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. so catching drunks is way up. Fatalities is way down, and uh, use of public transportation is way down. But we could talk about that next time. Yeah, well, it, it's fascinating stuff. Every, you know, our station said that we were going to go back to doing some more non-coronavirus related coverage. And my thought is almost everything you talk about right now is affected by this in some way. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, sure. You can, we can do stories that aren't about coronavirus, but pretty much everything you, you start to talk about and look into now has some has somehow been impacted by this. Yeah. And, so it's and, almost and, impossible and, not to talk about the virus and it will for years to come really for years to come this will be a major factor for us now obviously it it happened back in a hundred years ago in the in in 1918 1919 and then it just was wiped away and everybody got back to normal and the roaring 20s happened and who cares everybody was doing the swing and dancing in the roaring 20s and the great gatsby and that whole thing so we will be back at it i think the the 2020s will be roaring once again it's just going to take some time for us to get to that point i hope so i really do i i don't want a new normal i want to i want i want the old normal back i want the old normal back too exactly (laughs) the old normal just fine well thanks again for uh filling in here again today and we will uh maybe chat with you again next time uh next week as we're gonna get back to doing more of the podcast i hope uh if there are any questions or comments about the show if you want to send us an email we'd love messages to the show uh you can either send a a email to driving a crazy podcast at gmail.com or you can of course use the phone number and leave a voicemail message at 303 8320217 303-832-0217 so thanks again for listening and until next time i'm jason luber the traffic guy and i'm nicole brady just just hanging in there like all of us these days just sitting in your cars waiting on a zoom meeting (laughs) all right be safe and as always happy motoring